Here we are now, with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. Today I'd like to talk about listening. Listening as a meditative practice. Are you good at listening? What do you listen to? Do you listen intently? Do you listen with an open mind? Do you listen with an open heart? And what exactly do you listen to? And is there a difference between listening and hearing? And this is quite fundamental to what we're doing here right now in this very conversation. And it really is a principle that we can thread through all of our conversations and everything that we're creating here between you and me. Because I realize right now you are listening and I'm the one doing the speaker. I'm the one doing the talking. Or at least that's how it would appear. That's how it would, on its surface, come across like. Because it's actually possible to not be speaking, and yet you're the one that's doing all the talking. It may look as though you're listening, but really on the inside, there's a lot of words churning about. And that's a difference that can help to deepen your understanding of listening. Now, it is perfectly possible for us to sort of get off on this idea of listening. And how we can do that is I can stand up on my soapbox and I can give you a motivational speak and I can be really firm and really call to action kind of words and really stressing the importance and we say, yes, you have really got to listen. Listening is very important. Listening is a deep act. Listening can open you to things. Listen, listen, listen. Yes, listen. And you can sort of nod your head and listen along and then start to agree more and more and you say, yes, Dosta. Yes, oh, yes, great idea, Dosta. Yes, thank you for telling me, Dosta. Thank you for reminding me how important it is to listen. And then off you go and you're walking around really, really listening. You're really trying hard. And every time someone talks, you just close your mouth and you squint your eye and you turn your head a little bit. And you're saying this to yourself over and over. I've really got to listen. I've really got to listen. And that actually can take you some way. That actually can be an effect to explore. So I'm not putting down 
this game is dynamic. So insert motivational speak here, listen intently, and now off you go. And that will take you somewhere, that will do something. But really we want to get deeper. We want to expand so much further beyond that. And it really can be a trap of, and one way of talking about it, well, it's the trap of the idea of listening versus actually listening. And the difference is what it means to perceive something deeply. You realize listening is one of your perceptions. It's one of your senses. And there's a component to sensory perception which is largely left out and it's a component that you have to address. And it's the thing that the perceptions are being impressed upon. It's you. It's what's the thing that is doing the perceiving. Who is listening right now? And we listen. When we listen in a conventional sense, we're all tied up in the other person. What words are they saying? What are the emotional inflections? What's their body language? What are they trying to convey? What's their idea? How many of these words and phrases can I remember? How much of this am I understanding? And there are whole different ways in which that sort of story or inner monologue or inner process occurs within different people. But this leaves out you. This leaves out what is the sound being impressed onto. And I can, I can give you the secret. I can give you the key. The ultimate key, the grand key, the one insight you need to understand this and unlock all the doors is that you need to be empty. You need to empty yourself in order to really listen. And to do that, you actually have to listen to yourself. And it's perfectly easy, it's perfectly possible for you to do this right now. And we've done this before. I've drawn your attention to this before, many times, if you've listened to me before. And I quite simply say, well, what is your reaction? What is your response to what I'm saying right now? Are you very attentive to what I am saying right now? Or are you sort of doing something else, thinking about something else? Is what I'm saying right now of interest to you? Are you hanging on every word? Or maybe there's a disagreement happening. It's not boredom and disinterest. It's, no, actually, you have to say this. No, this is my definition. 
Oh, what about this idea? Dosta, why aren't you mentioning this? I've had these ideas about listening. So you must mention this component of listening. How can you miss out on this, Dosta? And there are many other things. I can't imagine what's happening with you right now. And that's why I often just say, well, find out for yourself. Answer it for yourself. What is your reaction? Now, if we were to continue this, and I was to sit here all day, and then keep reminding you what is happening, what can you hear, listen to your thoughts, well, that's when we verge into a guided meditation. That's when we diverge from me spouting ideas or lecturing into a guided meditation. And we've always got a little bit of a mix of both, as well as many other things. So what it means to listen is to watch what's inside of you. And you can do that even when no one's talking. Even when you're not listening to something in the conventional sense. And I first came across this idea when I was studying meditation at the Osho International Meditation Resort. And there I attended a lecture by Amrito. And Amrito was, for many years, Osho's personal assistant. Sorry, not his personal assistant, his personal physician. So he was very close with Osho. And of course, Amrito is very well-versed in the doings of Osho active meditations. And also, I've spoken about Osho active meditations. I've given a full introduction to those. So you can listen to that talk if it interests you more. But just today, I want to mention this lecture which Amrito gave us. And he was talking about Osho as a speaker and what it means to watch the listener. Listen to yourself. Listen to your reactions. Listen to what's happening inside as Osho talks. And Osho is a brilliant speaker, of course. He's very captivating. So many ideas, such broad expanses of multiple cultures and times and depths. It really is staggering. It really is beautiful. It's, a, it's, a, it's an experience to listen to Osho speak. And if I talk much longer about what it's like to listen to Osho, I'm going to diverge into poetry. I'm going to have to write a poem. We're going to have to get very mystical But one of the things that Osho does is he talks quite slow and 
he leaves these gaps between his words. Sometimes he will stop mid-sentence. Looking for the word that's going to come next. And if you're listening intently, what that does is it's like a mini stop exercise. And your mind is following along, listening to yourself, listening to him. And then the silence comes. Boom. And you have the silence of your mind. And it's a little taste of meditation. It's the beginnings of meditation, as opposed to a meditation technique. Most of the time here, we're actually talking about meditation techniques, not meditation itself. And Osho made that distinction. Osho was someone who used the word meditation as distinctly different to preparing yourself for meditation or a meditation process or a meditation technique. So many of his series and his lectures have the title or the sort of subtitle, Silence Shared in Words. And if this is a, if, if you go and you study Osho and you look at his lectures and what he has to say, that's a, that's a phrase that will come up again and again. And his idea is that he's using words to lull you into the silence. He's moving you into meditation. And the reason he does that is because normally our minds are so busy, they're so active. And even one of my friends, my Osho Sinyasin friends, was talking to me one time about Osho lectures. And she said she was doing this thing where she actually listened to the silence between his words and not his words. Of course, it's not, a, it's not totally her original idea. This is also a common idea of how to approach listening to Osho or anyone, really. And that really comes up with a lot, doesn't it? That's something to consider. How do you listen to silence? What happens when you listen to silence? Now, in our current cultural climate, our current global culture, (laughs) what's happening is there's a lot of information. This is the age of information, the technological age. So a lot of people are conditioning themselves. Well, not consciously, they're being conditioned by this culture through the information of the internet, the the information that is on the internet. And the vast proportion of the internet is aimed at making an impact as quick as possible and really jam-packing heaps of information into a short space of time. 
So you get videos and talks and all sorts of things with very fast talkers, very fast speakers. And they don't have these gaps between their sentences. And even in some trends, there's some there's this trend of actually cutting out the silence between the sentences. And this really is not good for your mind. It's really not good for lulling you into a sense of meditation. It's it's overstimulation. It's overly cognitive stimulating. And I'm making you aware of this right now so you can start to turn about this and you can start to work with this. And when I talk to you here, there's a wide range of speeds that I talk. Sometimes I talk very fast. Sometimes I talk very slow. Sometimes I talk very densely. Sometimes I tell quite intense stories which are designed to keep you on the edge of your seat. And generally, there is an amount of edge here. I, I, I do have a sense of an edge, a sense of entertainment. So don't take me as some of these guru, one of these gurus like Osho, which is all about meditation. I still have a very large amount of entertainment and the show pony complex to me. But take this opportunity... Because I'm telling you now, now that you've heard it, there's no excuse around it to realize that these other people that you listen to are overly stimulating your mind and they're shortening your attention span. And this is why we do long forms here. This is why we have longer videos, longer talks. And that's something you want to gravitate towards. That's something you want to gravitate towards. The shorter the videos, the shorter your attention span. The faster the speaker, the more overly cognitively stimulated you are. Now, I do also need to mention another thing, and I need to make this clear in relation to the speed of the mind. And it might sound like here, I'm advocating slowing the mind or stopping the mind or stepping into silence. And the answer is yes, that is what we're advocating. But there's also a flip side to it. There's also the opposite side to it. Because remember, paradoxical beings, a paradoxical being, someone who has realized paradox, always has both sides of the equation and that means both polarities and that means there will be times and you do want times when you have huge amounts of thoughts in very quick succession and you have these big cognitive lines and they're really juicy and they're really amazing and that's very different to a quiet mind Silence. And you want both. And as a matter of fact, I would not suggest building this... Well, well, I used to call it the multidimensional mind. 
I used to call it multidimensional thinking. And that's the sort of fast insight mind where you, you make all these connections and you have all these ideas. And there's more ideas than you can say. Your, your mind is moving much faster than, than your words could ever articulate. And there are other methods to building that. And in fact, the more you step into silence and the more you slow your mind, the better you will be at building a multidimensional mind, a multidimensional way of thinking. Ask yourself, what's the difference between listening to music and listening to a speaker? And ask yourself if you know that difference experientially. And you can really easily, clearly see how these two things affect you differently. And how you approach these things differently. And now we can add a third one. We can say, how about listening to ambience? So just the sounds of your surrounds right now. So no music in your ears. No talking. Just the sound of the environment that you're in right now. If you can find where these three points diverge, then you can get to the core essence of what it means to listen. And of course, even in fact, we can add even more components to listening. We can break it down even into even more categories, not just music, talking, and ambience. We can add silence as one as we've suggested. We can say, listen to your mind as another one. And then we can say, listen to your body as another one. And even we can say something even more existential and more cosmic than that. And we can say, well, listen to the world. Listen to God. Listen to your heart. These kinds of approaches. And they all have a different effect. They have a different way of opening your perceptions. And it's so funny how we still, even with these different suggestions of how to listen or what to listen to, we still have this trap of, well, okay, I'll do it, but this is still my idea. How do I know if it's just my idea of how to listen, or if it's the real thing. And half the trick is, well, you just need to practice. And the other half is, well, you need to inquire into that. And then the third half <laughs> is you need to work on your emptiness. And you need to work into 
dissolving what is in you which blocks what's coming in. And there's a rock bottom in that. There's quite a, it's actually quite a terrifying rock bottom, which is that when, when you fully dissolve what's blocking you and you really are listening, then whatever you're listening to actually becomes you. And that can be thread across every category. So in the case of silence, you actually become nothing. You become the void. Do you know, do you know what it's like to be nothing? Is that an experience that you've dreamt up before? What's it like not to exist? Have you ever asked yourself that? And wouldn't it be great if you could find that out? And well, if you listen deep enough to silence... Well, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. And then we can say, well, if you listen to music, then you become the song. And this is probably more common an experience than listening to silence. Because when a song is really good, the song is everything. It fills the whole of your experience and you're singing along. And when you're singing along, you are the song. You are the singer. And your whole being is vibrating with it. It's exploding. And there's nothing else in the universe. It's just you and that experience of the song. And then after that, you come down off the stage after doing your karaoke. And you say, yes. That was amazing. I nailed it. I am such a good singer. And all your friends turn around and say, no, that was shit. But that's the experience of listening so deeply that you become the very thing you're listening to. And we can thread this across all categories. Let me just do one more. Let's just take one more example. And that is listening to a person. When you listen to a person, then you become that person. And what they are experiencing as they talk you start to experience and in this case you can see i hope that it's not just a matter of sound ears and the voice you really have to be perceiving that person you have to be sensing them on a deeper level and it might be that you're using your eyes to look at them. 
You're using your body to feel their, their temperature, their posture. Might be that you're smelling a, a little bit of the air, the, the, the essence of the atmosphere around them. And this is when you're listening with your being, you're not listening with your ears. And if you're really empty and you're really receptive to someone, then you become that person. You experience not only the exact words, as if the words are being spoken by you and coming out of you, then also the experience that goes along with those words. Now, when it comes to the difference between what's being said and what's being felt, there are diversions because I can tell you a story and I can say it without embodying the emotions. I can say it sort of matter-of-factly or I can deliver it still with inflections, but I'm not totally convinced myself of the story. And yet still the story can trigger something and convince you and you can live the story. You can live what the words are trying to convey. So what words are coming out of a person are not always a direct immediate. They're not directly immediately connected to what that is that person is experiencing as they say it. And that's a difference to, to look out for. And when we, when we say it's emotive talking, usually when there's an emotion behind the words, then we say that the words are aligned with what that person is feeling. And when it's intellectual talk, well, then it's very dry. It's very intellectual. There's no, there's no feeling behind it. There's really, there's really any, anyone could read those words Someone else could read the words, the exact same words, and it would have the same intellectual effect. And that's not to put that down. These are all just components. We still need to have intellectual talks, and we're still going to have many, I hope, many intellectual talks. And emotion and intellect is only just part of it. These are just two categories out of many. And Osho pointed this out. He pointed out that you have to listen with your being. And you have to follow him along. And people, people listen to him and go into states. There are stories of him speaking. And sometimes it's not even in their language. I remember this sannyasin friend of mine who knew Osho personally went to see him talk and there was there, he was talking in hindi and it was a mixed crowd so there was hindi speakers and also westerners and there was a white guy who only spoke english sitting in the front listening to this hindi speech and he's in this like complete rapture of exploding ecstasy just this complete breakthrough Tears pouring down his face, arms open, just sprayed out on his chair. 
as he listens to Osho talk in the in a, in a language he doesn't understand. And then the guy next to him, who does speak the language, is sort of sitting there cr- scratching his head and squinting his eyes. And my friend said later that he turned that he found out that Osho was taking the <laughs> taking the guy who could speak Hindi and understood Hindi. He was taking him on a roller coaster ride for the fun of it. Because he took him off into his intellectual. Because he knew he was listening in a certain way. So he he was actually trying to get the effect of having him scratch his head and say, I don't get it. Whereas the man who was listening without knowing all the intellect was listening on a completely different level. And it wouldn't have been emotion. It wouldn't have been an emotional thing. It's, we, 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 can, we can spend quite a bit of time about how we draw the boundary or the definition of emotion. For, for what, what we're saying here is emotions are just one component out of our being. And it's different to a, a, deeper, a deeper level which exists. And how we talk about emotions another day will be different. And, and it doesn't matter too much. The only point is that it's different. The only point is that there are many complexes and depths to how people listen to Osho. And in this story that my friend told me, it's beautifully illustrated. The best way I can advise to reaching the point where each of your senses converge and you find this thing that we're talking about, which is listening with your being, is to isolate the senses. Sensory isolation work. And so that means listening with your eyes closed or looking with your ears shut or smelling with your eyes and ears closed and so on. And also in multiple contexts, there are multiple strings and say, for example, there are concentration exercises. There are certain consciousness exercises which are designed for each of those. And it's really just a matter of practice. It's a matter of isolating them and then doing the work and spending time in each of them. And in that way, they become their, their differences become more... It's, it's a process... It's an unfolding. It's something that you go through because then your your sight really does become just sight. And it's so funny because there, there's always this is this is a funny thing to find on this trip, which is that the thing that is in front of your face has a sound that goes with it. Like if you're just looking out your eyes right now, there's a soundtrack. It's like the movie screen and the soundtrack. And those are inseparable. There is always the exact correct soundtrack for the visual that is happening to you. 
And you can actually get a sense of this when, if you're a musician, and, or well, not a musician, if you're just a music lover, and you're saying, oh, now what music do I feel like to listen to? And something's on, or you're listening to some music, and you say, no, this doesn't really suit my mood. Well, <laughs> that's the universe speaking to itself and saying, fix this soundtrack because something's wrong. So isolating them, and it's, it's really hard to say too much about what you'll find when you do these processes. And, and it can be as simple as, like, like I spent a day blindfolded from, from the very moment I woke up, I didn't open my eyes. I put the blindfold on and I spent the entire 24, like the entire daytime with my eyes closed. And I'd planned it out in a certain place and I'd worked out how I was going to go to the bathroom, how I was going to have my meals, how I was going to have certain timers go off so I knew what time to eat. Made sure there'd be no disturbances, these sorts of things. And I planned it all out. And it was just sound. It was just hearing. Complete deprivation of the eyes for a full day. And then I went to bed and fell asleep. And then woke up the next day to have the... That's a, it's quite an interesting wake up. The things that happen on that, that second morning. Uh, wow. Pretty amazing. And I, and I hope sometime I can go deeper into that. When the time is right, I will. But that that's as simple as it is. That's that's all this technique is, is sensory isolation and doing the practice, doing the work. And when you really isolate them and they become acute, then you can start to see where they merge. And then you can literally see a sound. You look at something and you know the sound of it and you can hear a sight and so on. And that's when you're opening up to this thing which is receptivity or uh, what's the right word? Receptivity or listening with your being. Listening with your all. Listening with all that you are. And that really is deep listening. That really is how you experience more. And you can say, well, well, Dosta, what's the point of all this? What if I don't want to listen to anyone? What if I'm happy how I am? And I think we're a bit far on in our conversation to be asking that. Because you can learn more, you can learn faster, you can remember more, you can expand your perspective, you can expand your experiences, and ultimately you open yourself more to the varieties of existence, the varieties of what it means to exist. And I know that when I say that, what does it mean to open to the varieties of existence? It's such a big thing. It's so, it's so hard to... Oh, where do we begin? 
reality, all of reality. It always comes back to this huge, big thing, which is the entire universe, the entirety of reality. And I say to you, well, you've got to deepen your relationship with reality. You say, well, what the hell does that mean, Dosta? And now here we're bringing it back to, back to the planet Earth, back to a grounding, which is the most simple thing. You realize that it's happening right now. If you are listening to me right now, you, and the, if you're listening deeply, then something new is happening in you. Something is opening. You're, fi- you're hearing something that you haven't heard before. You're hearing something in a way that you haven't heard before. You're having an experience. These words are triggering something. They're creating something in you which you haven't had before. And how dramatic that is, how new and how much of an impact it makes depends on you and your perceptions. The depth of your receptivity. And how many blockages you've removed, how open you are, how empty you are. And you can get a sense of it just as I talk, just as I point it out. Now you see, I keep pointing it out. I keep saying it's all up to you. Listen to yourself. What's your response? Are you paying attention? But eventually, I can't always, if we go off and talk, to other, talk about other things, you have to hold yourself to that. And that, that has to be your muscle. It's your listening muscle. If we can use this as an analogy, then, well, well, you see, this is why it's so tricky, because you think of the listening muscle as, it's sort of like the idea of listening. It's sort of getting mixed up with, oh, okay, so you tell me listening is really important, and I'll deepen my relationship with reality. And that sounds very grand, Dosta. So now it's even more important that I listen very intently. And then you're you're listening and I'm talking and you're thinking, wow, I'm really opening to existence, aren't I? This is a deep conversation, isn't it? Wow, my sense of reality is bursting now. And this is all just ideas. This has nothing to do with emptiness or receptivity. And you say, well, what's the difference, Dosta? And the difference is practice. And you practice in multiple ways. Your practice regime should have a number of different techniques. So if you're saying, and and have it as meditation of the month. I mean, there's so many different techniques for meditation. It's easy to forget that you need to choose one and just focus on one. You could say meditation of the month is listening. Which means I'm going to listen to someone talk purely for the purposes of seeing how I react to it. And not only that, I'm also going to do listening just to my thoughts, which means turn off the internet. Turn off whatever, sit down on your cushion with your eyes closed and say, for 20 minutes, I'm just going to listen to my thoughts. And then 
again, you say I'm going to listen to music. And I'm going to I'm not going to work while I do it. I'm not going to drive the car. I'm not going to be with anyone. It's going to be my 100% full attention on the music. And I'm going to put the CD, the MP3, the vinyl, the cassette tape on. <laughs> do you listen to cassette tapes? <laughs> that would be pretty <laughs> You're a hipster. <laughs> You put on your cassette tape and you say, I'm only going to listen to this. And that's going to be my 20-minute meditation. Or listen to an Osho lecture. Even better. (laughs) Considering that his lectures were actually designed for this, and his whole way of speaking was for this, then that's really good. That's a really good thing to to listen to. So not not only is he a, a brilliant mind... But his talking is actually designed for this. So you can listen to someone intellectual or you can listen to someone who talks really fast or you can talk to, listen to someone who talks on the internet with lots of information in their videos and it can be overstimulating your mind and going on and on and you're saying, well, I'm still learning how to listen. I'm still using this as my practice to listen. And you might need to do some of that for a little bit of time because when you start to listen to someone slow, you become bored. You need to lull yourself off. You need to wean yourself off this fast speaker's But these are just categories of listening. Listening to Dosta talk. Listening to music. Listening to your mind. Listening to silence. Listening to ambience. Go to a busy place. Go to a nice busy city center and just listen. Just sit somewhere on a seat and don't look at your, don't pull out your phone and do the text messages. Just leave your phone in the car. Leave your phone at home. I mean, let's not turn this into a rant against smartphones. That can very easily happen. But just sit and listen. And listen, even if you want to take it one step further, close your eyes. Just to pretend to be sleepy. Just pretend like, oh, I've had a big night. I'm just going to sit and rest my eyes. No one's going to care. No one's going to... No one's going to listen. No one's going to notice you, really. I'll just say, oh, that person looks tired. And that's isolating your listening in ambience. And you can even just do that and then, and then go to the beach. Go into nature and do the same thing. So that's enough to work with for now. And I think I, I really wonder sometimes if I'm making it too complex or packing too much information in. So if you say, like, like be systematic and be formal about your meditation practice. So if you're doing, if you're taking my suggestion, you're saying, okay, meditation of the month is listening. And then you can say, well, I'm going to do four categories. I'm going to do listening to ambience, listening to talks, listening to music, listening to, what was the other one? uh, The mind. We didn't say silence, we said the mind. So you listen to your thoughts. 
And in that case, you want to say, well, do one per week. So seven days of each. And just do it for 20 minutes each day. And so there you start to see, well, you're starting to get a very varied meditation practice. You're having nuances and you're having things that you can explore. So that's that's the call to action for this episode, which is one month of listening meditation, four parts, seven days each. Well, that's 28 days. You can have maybe the last three, two or three days you can do listening to silence. And you do ambience for one. And you, can, you don't have to go somewhere for ambience. You can just listen to the ambience in your room. Ambience, music, talking, and your mind. Now, if you do talking, you can use me as the person to talk. But the difference will be that you don't normally do the things that you normally do when you listen to me. Now, I assume that when you're listening to this, you're, you've got your activities happening or something's going on. You might be driving. You might be doing this or that. But if you're doing this as a meditation for 20 minutes or whatever, one episode, whatever, then you actually sit down and close your eyes. Now, for all of these, if you really want to get the most out of them, you'd have your eyes closed and you'd be sitting very still. So keep that in mind. And I even have meditation. I even have episodes which are designed for this as well. So there was a series which we did called Speaking in Tongues. And that was designed specifically for this very thing of hearing what is beyond the words. And there's a format in that so that you can use it as a meditation. So I suggest you use, you can use Speaking in Tongues as a kind of guided listening meditation. And there's more information about that in the introduction episode. We also had the series of Speaking to the Nameless. And that's also on, that's also in a meditation format. So those two series at least are something to work with, something you can use, resources that you can use. And they all come back. They, I, I'm just saying, in, in essence, I've said this in those and I've made this clear in those. But here today, I'm really hitting home this fundamental principle, which is listening, a meditative practice so I think we'll wrap it up and before you go off and do your next thing (laughs) you know what I'm going to ask you to do if it's comfortable for you to do so sit down close your eyes right now and simply listen And that's all I have to say for now.